Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kevin Gosman, Pablo Lopez, American League wildcard game number one. That's the pitching matchup right here on your radio home for Twins Baseball. News Talk 830-WCCO tomorrow at 3.30. Joining us to give some perspective on the Toronto Blue Jays. He covers the Blue Jays. He's the beat uh, writer for the Toronto Sun. His name is Rob Longley, and he joins us here on the Lake Show, courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Uh, first off, thank you so much for giving us some time tonight, Rob. Hey, my pleasure, Henry. Playoff time is the best time of year, isn't it? It, is the, it is the best time of the year, and this is going to be a very uh, interesting and intriguing matchup here. Um, it, you know, it's so funny that you look at all the teams in the American League, and I think that every team has some form of star power, even though the star power this year for the Twins hasn't really played out as much with Byron Buxton being uh, hurt the majority of the time and it being a down year for Carlos Correa. But the Toronto Blue Jays, I think if you're a Twins fan out there and you're in Twins territory, you look at the Blue Jays and you see the young stars uh, that are a part of that organization. How do you view this Toronto Blue Jays team as they go into this postseason run? Much as you view the uh, the Minnesota Twins going into this run, the star power hasn't really ignited uh, on a regular basis for this team. We've, you know, we've seen sort of a what I would describe as a, su- a subpar season from Vlad Guerrero Jr. We've seen, by and large, a subpar season from George Springer, although we all know that he's kind of a Mr. October of, uh, of this franchise or any franchise he's been on, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was a factor. Uh, but but the offense hasn't ignited. It's you know it, it, as for another parallel, um, it's the starting pitching that has carried this team to this point, and which to me is one of the intriguing angles and intriguing storylines going into the season. It seems like Blue Jays fans are um, you know their their source of optimism going into this this series would be that they have one of the best starting rotations in. In, in Major League Baseball, but this just in, uh, the Twins' starting rotation isn't too bad either. So I think that's where the storyline is. And, and with that in mind, it's uh, which offense ignites first. And then that may be how this, uh, this series is decided. You know, it's interesting, you know, Rob, in that when, when us here that are removed from Toronto and in here in Minneapolis and maybe in other various different cities in the American League when they think about the Toronto Blue Jays, they think about the, uh, the young players in your organization, uh, the faces of the franchise that had, you know, their fathers played and were greats in the game. You think about Bo uh, and his lineage. You think of Guerrero Jr. Uh, and his lineage, and you think about 
you know, Biggio and his lineage. You know, those are names that we can identify with. But who actually is the leader of the Toronto Blue Jays? Who would you who would you define that as? That's a that's that's a pretty good question, actually. I mean, I would certainly put Bo Bichette in that category. Um, he's a 25 year old who plays kind of like he's a 35 year old, sort of a quiet leader in that clubhouse, um, a quiet leader on the field. He's been much better defensively. He's been the team's best hitter uh, throughout this season, and, and sort of the reliable guy that you know. I, I suspect he'll be hitting cleanup again tomorrow, as he has for the last uh, week or so of the season. Um, you know, George Springer would be an obvious leader too, uh, because of what he's done in terms of postseason success, um, and the expectations that go with, with that pedigree. He's the highest played, highest, pardon me, the highest paid player, say that five times fast (laughs) in in, in franchise history. And, you know, you, you sign him for, for, for moments like this. Um, but you know, I think that, I think you make a good point in that we we sort of saw this franchise as as young and up and coming uh, young players on the rise. Well, I think they're starting to grow into sort of a little bit of veterans to, uh, status um, throughout the lineup, throughout throughout the team, and I, I think there is plenty of leadership, and that's part of the reason why they they brought in some veterans as well. Chris Bassett on the pitching side fills that role. Kevin Gosman to start game one is 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 a leader in his own way. And Brandon Belt, he's you know kind of like the funny man on the team, but a guy who's won two World Series with the San Francisco Giants, and all of a sudden hit a bunch of home runs over the last week of the season. You, you start to wonder if this is the exact reason why they brought him in as well uh, to offer some veteran leadership, but to offer some some proved, proven playoff success, especially with the bat. Yeah, we're talking to Rob Longley, Blue Jays beat writer for the. Uh... Toronto Sun here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. And you just brought up a couple of names. I think it's a great point, uh, Rob, in that Springer, you're talking about Belt. These are guys with championship pedigree. They've got that in their DNA. That experience, to me, means a whole heck of a lot. And I know that we got a guy here in Carlos Correa that was a part of uh, those Astros teams and stuff like that, whatever. But at the end of the day, the more of those guys you can have on your postseason roster, it really helps out a ton. Yeah, and I think it's felt through at that clubhouse. I, I spoke with Chad Green about about it the other day. Chad Green, of course, is part of the Blue Jays bullpen, but he was also a reliever for the New York Yankees for uh, most of his career and, and twice faced George Springer in the American League Championship Series. And he said it was just – you could just see what he brought to that lineup. Obviously, the lead the leadoff guy, but he brought an energy. And, and he, he, he the way that Green described it was he was – one of the very few players in the game that can that can take over a game on his own, and you don't really see that in baseball. You see that in other sports. You don't really see that in baseball that often. And 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 Green described it as that sort of presence and that sort of presence that's felt in the biggest moments and at the biggest time of year. Um, you know, George has has had his struggles to stay healthy in his time with the Blue Jays, but he he played in I believe it's 155 games this season, which is the most that he's played since his rookie season, but way back in 2016. So um, I think moving over to right field was, it was a, was a, a good move for him that way, a little bit, a little bit less wear and tear on his body. And he's been outstanding defensively as well, but he stayed healthy. And, you know, this is the first time that I, I think that Blue Jays fans and the Blue Jays teammates are going to get the best version of George Springer since, since he signed that five year uh, or six year, $150 million deal um you know he was he was part of that playoff roster last year but he was really banged up and 
basically just held together and had to have off-season surgery to fix fix his various wounds. But this is the best version of George Springer that the uh, the Blue Jays have seen, and it's it, it's not unlike the one that the Houston Astros saw through all that success that they had. You know, Rob, one of the interesting storylines is just Jose Barrios and and you know his time with the Minnesota Twins, and he ended up uh, landing with you guys. Just kind of your thoughts on maybe his season and how he projects. Jose Barrios is one of the one of the great guys to deal with, as I'm sure you, sure you people in the Twin Cities got to know. He's just such a classy guy and and a nice guy. Um, if you're rooting for individuals, it was it was uh, really nice to see him bounce back this season because last year was was a struggle for him. He he kind of lost his way and he was nowhere near the uh, elite pitch, pitcher that they brought in to be and signed that seven year extension. Uh, with and you know he's been he's been really good he's he's been steady he's been consistent and he's been dominant at times and I, I'm really curious to see how it's how uh, the Jays are going to roll out their rotation for the remainder of the series obviously with Gosman in there um, it, it's either Barrios or Bassett in in, in game two and I suspect that uh, the result of, of game one will will decide that and you know my guess would be that if the Blue Jays lose game one, that they would go to Bassett for game two. Um, but if the Blue Jays lose game one, or win game one, rather, they'll, they'll go to Barrios to try to wrap it up and then, then save Bassett for game one of uh, a divisional round series on the weekend or have him for game three. But it, I think it'll be fascinating to see how that unfolds. And I think it'd be a great moment for Jose Barrios to have that opportunity to, to uh, pitch in a stadium that he's very fond of in a city that he's still very fond of and has has very great memories of from from early on in his career. Hey Rob, what would you um, how would you describe tomorrow's starter for Toronto, Kevin Gosman, to uh, Twins fans? Well, he, his his uh, his warm up music is "Money" by Pink Floyd. <laughs> so he's that <laughs> kind of a guy. Like he's the he's the money guy of that rotation. But you know, if I were to to, to attempt to describe his personality, it would be. A guy with ice in his veins. He 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 doesn't get phased by by anything. Um, he's very focused. Uh, he's got a nice mix of pitches. Um, can be dominant at times as he's been for much of this season. Really can play up that bottom of the of the strike zone if 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 his uh, his slider is working well. He 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 can be dominant in the lower lower part of the uh, strike zone. Just a guy that's uh, temperament temperament wise uh, seems to be sort of made for for these kinds of moments now he hasn't had a, a whole lot of success in, in the postseason which i think is a little bit of a concern for the blue jays fans and he hasn't had a whole lot of success pitching against the minnesota twins either um you know even this year i believe uh, the jays won both games that he started against the twins but uh he gave up seven runs over a combined 10 innings and uh, and had his pitch count elevated in both of those starts so um, it would seem to me anyway that the Twins have had a good approach to him, um, a, a good plate approach to him, and, and that's another one of those storylines that will be interesting to see how it unfolds uh, tomorrow afternoon because, you know, he's been the clear ace of the Toronto staff this season and, you know, for a, much of the year was a, a fringe uh, American League Cy Young Award candidate, but uh, um, how, how will he handle himself on the big stage tomorrow uh, with so much on the line? Final question for Rob Longley, Blue Jays beat writer, for the Toronto Sun here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. All right, Rob, give me the X-Factor guy for the Toronto Blue Jays in this short series. And I ask that question because there is one guy that I have uh, some background with in my time in Kansas City, and that guy clearly is Whit Merrifield. Now, now, Whit, 
Um, I don't want to say that he had a, a, a great season or anything like that, um, but he's a gamer. He's a guy that when you want to write him off, he's going to come through in the clutch. He's always had some clutch moments. I could see him having an impact on a short series like this, but who would you say is the, the X-Factor guy? I'll give you that with Merrifield as well, um, with a caveat that I'm not sure how much, much playing time he's, he's going to see. Um, unfortunately for Witt, and he is a gamer, as you mentioned, um, he is he, he kind of cooled down at the plate over the last month or so and, yep. and, and hasn't been an everyday player. And as you know, when, when he was in Kansas City, that's how he thrived. He was an everyday guy. And we saw when he came to Toronto last year that he was – when he wasn't playing regularly, his production was modest. But when he was in the lineup on a more regular basis, he, he did produce. And he did that for much of the season uh, earlier on. I wouldn't be surprised if situationally he gets a, a chance to contribute. But my X-Factor guy would be the guy that I mentioned early in our conversation, and that would be Brandon Belt. Um, you talk about a guy with ice in his veins. Uh, uh, he's just a prototypical DH guy, um, can hit for power, has has hit in big, big uh, postseason situations, has as I mentioned, has won a couple of World Series and 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 won't be overwhelmed by the moment because he's he's a veteran guy and he's he has seen many of these moments and just seems to be getting hot at the plate at the absolute best time. He's had his best month of the season, uh, even though he was on the injured list for a little bit. He's he's kind of this sort of this guy that kind of guy that um, almost like he's pacing himself that he was he was waiting for September and October and and he could be very dangerous in that order for sure. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for your time tonight, man. Uh, Be well, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Enjoy the series. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, take care. That's Rob Longley joining us here for the Toronto Sun, Blue Jays beat writer right here on The Lake Show. All right, coming up next, U.S. Representative from Minnesota, Dean Phillips, I believe is absolutely doing the right thing. I'll explain. We do it next year on The Lake Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, U.S. Representative Dean Phillips leaving his House leadership role. And this is the right thing to do. I think he's making a great decision. It's not to say that anybody out there um, that looks at Representative Phillips shouldn't have any um, any faith that he's o- always going to make the right decision. I think you should have even more faith today that he's going to make the right decisions because I think he made the right decision in leaving his health leadership role. And the reason behind that, he said in a statement that his, quote, convictions relative to the 2024 presidential race are incru- uh, congruent with the majority of my caucus. And I felt it appropriate to step aside from elected leadership. I love this. And the reason why I love this is because Dean Phillips has said, and it's not anything new. We've known this for well over a year. He has stated that he looks at the potential candidates for the 2024 election on the Democratic uh, Democrat, uh, Democratic side of things, and he believes that there should be somebody else in there running to oppose Joe Biden. It shouldn't just be a Joe Biden thing, and I agree with him on that. And so, but that from a messaging standpoint, the Democrats want to get all on the same page with their messaging, okay? And it sounds like from a report that – um that I saw from, I can't remember which outlet it was, but there was a meeting that had taken place. He was challenged by someone um, in the room about his stance towards uh, President Joe Biden. And he just owned it and says, you know what? I feel like I'm on a little bit of an island here. I know that I'm going against the grain. Everybody here is solidly behind Joe Biden. I am somebody that thinks that somebody else should step up. Um, And it's not to say that he doesn't want to support Joe Biden at all, okay? But he clearly thinks that when you look at where this country is and where this country is going, that there should be other people to throw their names in the hat. The bottom line is, is he knew that his message wasn't necessarily – right along with all the other people with their messages regarding the 2024 presidential election. So with that being said, he says, you know what? I am going to step aside. Okay. And he sent some, uh, I guess, some messages to the Minneapolis Star Tribune. And he stated this leader Jeffries, as in Hakeem Jeffries, the house democratic leader. He says leader Jeffries and our entire leadership team has Uh, never even so much as implied I should step down. But I know my conviction was beginning to cause discomfort in the caucus, as evidenced by colleagues stating so at a caucus meeting this week. While political messaging and caucus uh, messaging do not mix, I did not want to be a distraction to the latter. I think that this is awesome. I, I appreciate the transparency. I appreciate that he says, yes, I'm proud to be a Democrat. Yes, I'm proud to be a part of leadership. But at the same on, on the on the other side of it, 
my message and what I think ultimately we need to do isn't totally aligned with the party's message. So, yes, I'm supportive, but in terms of my messaging and for us to have a clear message, I'm just going to step down from this leadership role. It's okay to criticize members of your party and the leader of your party because I feel like there's a way that you can do it that can be construed as constructive. Like you can look at what Dean Phillips is, the message that he's trying to convey. And I don't think he's in the minority in terms of saying, I don't feel that, you know, we need to continue to run out the older candidates. I think he's in a minority. Okay. No, okay. I, I do think he's in a minority. Okay. Well, and, I, and, and I have no issue with him being a minority because I've even said as much. I'm like, we need younger candidates. But we, yeah, we, we, we do. And I, f- I feel like there are some that are afraid to upset the apple cart. People yep. don't want to rock the boat. And I don't feel like Dean Phillips was doing it intentionally to be an antagonist. But I appreciate the fact that he's not going into something that he feels is going to be fraught with some sort of retaliation, something that he's going to be met with. He's going to be met with resistance. I understand that. But then at the end of the day, to step back and say, okay, these are my feelings. We respectfully disagree, but I'm going to do what's in the best interest of the party, and that is to get behind one candidate so we can solidify this one individual. And I I, I think – you can have some of column A and some of column B and still be okay. Yeah. And I don't think that when we look at him that we should necessarily think that he's just – I don't think that he's being anti-establishment or just – No, not at all. No, but I'm saying I think that some people look at him like, Man, why, are you, why are you being kind of a traitor to everything that the Democratic Party is trying to – No, I think he's saying why don't we broaden our horizons a little bit. Yeah, I think that's all he's saying. Yeah, there, there, there's nothing wrong. Like, like you can look at it and say, okay, I, I like what we've done, but we can do more. You know, or you know, we can do things a different way. It's it's okay to have more eyeballs, or it's okay to have a different view on things, even when you are in agreement with most of it. Like you can agree with what you're doing, mm-hmm. but the way that you do it, there's nothing wrong with having. Uh, you know, if this becomes disruptive to the party and it's not just a, a he doesn't a, want to be a distraction. Right no, now. he doesn't want to be yep. distraction. And I feel like that's a difference between the two parties, because you got one side that's trying to unify and the other side is just I, I mean, it's like Hunger Games. Everybody's out doing their own thing. So, you know, big picture. I appreciate what Dean Phillips did and I have respect for him. But I don't feel like this should be the end of Dean Phillips speaking his mind, even if he you know, removes himself oh, from, from, that, from that leadership role. And, and again, I respect somebody that's just willing to go ahead and say that. Yep. 651-461-9226. Love to get your reaction on that. But coming up next, they're no longer winless. The Vikings pick up their first win of the season over the Carolina Panthers. We discuss it next year on a Lake Show. Hey, break out the champagne. We won a game. We're not going to be a winless team in the National Football League. The same way that teams like the Detroit Lions have been, we're not going to be winless. Because I'll tell you this right now, if we had a loss yesterday to the Carolina Panthers, we were absolutely going to go to 0-5.
after playing the Kansas City Chiefs this coming weekend. Welcome back to the Late Show News Talk 830 WCCO. That means the dream of Caleb Williams is dead, though. Twins, not twins, but Vikings defeat the Carolina Panthers 21-13. to 21-13. And now they sit here with a record of 1-3. All right? So we feel a little bit better about ourselves because we beat a bad football team in the Carolina Panthers. I'll say this, and this is not me trying to throw shade. I wasn't impressed with our win yesterday. Like, we got it against yeah. an ugly team with a, a young quarterback that, man, they don't allow Bryce Young to do anything. Now, clearly, Bryce Young, I think he holds on to the football way too long. He's still trying to figure things out. He's a rookie. But at the end of the day, my goodness, man, let him cook a little bit. Yeah, let, let him yeah. throw deep downfield. Well, you should be able to use him the same way that the Houston Texans have used C.J. Stroud because those two guys were the, the top of the, you know, of the NFL draft last year. So those were the two guys coming out. And C.J. Stroud has had a really good first four He's games. Good. He's been good for the Houston Texans. But, I, you know, Bryce Young had that ankle injury. But, yeah, at, at the end of the day, you just Carolina doesn't have a great offensive line. You don't really have much on offense for him to work with. It's it's a very tough spot for Carolina right well, now. Why are they starting Hubbard over uh, Sanders? Why aren't Is, they? Yeah, I mean, no. Why are they? Is Sanders hurt or something? No, like, my, I know. I know he played yesterday and he got thirteen carries, but like he's a better running back. Yeah, Miles Sanders played quite a bit yesterday. No, I know, but I'm saying, but he didn't start. He should be the main back there. Oh, you would I, think. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that really. I don't think that really matters to that. Like, you see guys that technically start the game, and then it's like they take a snap or two, and then they they ride the pine. No, Ju- but from what I saw yesterday, yeah. Miles Sanders didn't get in till much later. Oh, he was in on the first drive. He was in the first drive. Yeah, yeah he was. I in didn't the even fir- notice. That. Yeah, yeah. Miles Sanders was in in the first drive. It, it's they. You look at Miles Sanders and what he did in Philadelphia. Well, he looked good because he was in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I mean, Philadelphia's got a massive. They might have the best offensive line in the NFL. You go from the best to one of the worst, and, and this is exactly what you're going to get. That's a game that the Vikings should have won, and I'm kind absolutely. Of, I, I'm kind of with you. It's. I was joking with Kim, and I'm like, well, if we were at a sports bar and we were watching that game, that would have been in the corner on the little black and white TV with the bunny ears and the aluminum, fo- the you know, the tin foil that's that's up there trying to get the signal. There was nothing that stood out about that game, other than one of the teams needed to win. It was, it was, it was a mid game. That should get you feeling good about yourself, but now, now you now you you're punching up in weight classes. Carolina's offense produced six points. Minnesota's offense produced mm-hmm. fourteen. Yeah, that, that just that was an ugly game. It, it really was. It, it was a very ugly game, and and you know one of those touchdowns. You kind of think about it that that Kirk Cousins on the very first drive, that interception, that ninety nine yard interception return, that Kirk Cousins. God bless him. I don't know what he was trying to do in making a tackle. I have no idea. <laughs> he got blew up. I too. mean, he, yeah, he, he, got, he, he got. Dude, that's one you just walk away. You, you're not going to be the one to make that tackle. But that's kind of been the bugaboo for the Vikings when they've had these turnovers. Like these turnovers have been 
In the red zone. In the red zone. When yep. they've had a position to put up points. So, to me, I, I was just like, of course it's going to be returned 99 yards. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, he, you know, a couple of touchdowns yesterday. That was good to see. Cam Akers got worked in a little bit. Alexander Madison, I guess they ran the ball a little bit better, all things considered. The, the defensive line looked good. They finally got to the quarterback, but I don't know how much was that and how much was Carolina's offensive line. It was both, but at least we saw that Marcus Davenport has mm-hmm. a pulse. I know. <laughs> I, I was. I, I looked at him like, who's that number zero? I'm like, Davenport, Davenport. I mean, it felt like I had to Google it because I haven't seen him. Bro, he was on the milk carton. He, he we was. hadn't seen him. He was. And, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, Marcus Davenport can play football. I know he's been battling. But here, when I was watching the game, they're like, well, Marcus Davenport's been battling this ankle injury for a couple of years. I mean, man, at what point is there a red flag with this? Like, if he's got this injury that he's been battling for a couple of years, you think that he's going to come in here and just all of a sudden be healthy and he's going to be that that difference maker? I, I, I know that you're trying to revamp things and, you know, you got him on a on an upside deal and, you know, play yourself into a bigger contract. But when he's held, when when he's on the field, I mean, he was a big-time contributor yesterday. But how much are you going to get out of him? We'll see. I mean, you, you, you acquired him because you thought that he was going to be an answer. Yes. He was a guy that has not reached his potential yet. No. He's I, shown flashes but has not been consistent. He hasn't been healthy. Yeah. Yesterday was a good game, but it was against a scrub team. And, and, that's, and that's just it. L- let's see what happens this week against Kansas City. I will say at least you're going to go in feeling good about yourself. And I'm not mm-hmm. about like, you know, okay, we got to feel, you know, Hakuna Matata, you know. It, it just, I feel like that was a win you needed because, yeah, if you lose that game, you're going 0-5. And then maybe you beat Chicago. And then guess what? You got San Francisco. You got one in, you know, you got one in six that's staring you. Or one in five that's staring you in the face. So, yeah, and that would not be good. No, it, it was it was a good win by that team. There's no question. No question about that. Six five one four six one nine two two six. That is the city's one plumbing talking text line from the nine five two. Sanders was injured and a full did not practice um, in um, on Friday. That's why he didn't start. I knew that there was something about him being a little bit dinged up or he was under the weather or yeah, something like he, that. Yeah, he was questionable, you know, last week. So, yeah, he he didn't play. It, it, or, it just didn't seem like he made any sort of impact until um, not in that first quarter. It just didn't seem like they were really utilizing him the way that you would typically see him. But, like, his versatility to me is just that guy's got some skills, man. He does. You got to. But be, he's on that team. You you got to be able. You got to be able to use it. You got to be able to use him. Like you want to use him. I mean, look at DeAndre Swift. Look at what DeAndre Swift has been doing with Philadelphia over the you know last couple of games that he's been getting a bulk majority of the carries. Like he's been a monster for Philadelphia. I, I you put DeAndre Swift in that Carolina, in that you know Carolina offense. Mm-hmm. He's going to be Miles Sanders. Yep. All right. Six five one four six one. Nine two two six. We'll break. We'll come back. Let's do headlines. That's next year on the Lake Show. I cannot remember the last time I did headlines. You know, it's been a long time. Thank you, Jason DeRussia, for always being on vacation. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the last. <laughs> Congratulations time. on not having to endure headlines. <laughs> but guess what? You're gonna We're have doing to, headlines you're, right now. You're gonna have to suffer through this. <laughs> 
Hey, uh, authorities are still trying to figure out how a Metro Transit bus crashed into another moving vehicle, resulting in one death. It happened at the intersection of Chicago Avenue, 25th Street East, right in front of the Children's Hospital. Now, the road was closed for hours after the bus rammed into a passenger truck, killing one person. Oh, no. Police say the collision happened around 11 o'clock Sunday night when the bus was traveling north on Chicago Avenue. According to a Metro Transit spokesman, Drew Kerr, what we had here was a D-line bus. So those are buses that are up and down Chicago Avenue most of the day and into the evening. It's a really popular bus route, probably our most popular bus route. So it's not surprising that there were people on board. Uh, authorities have not said if the person who died was on the bus, the other vehicle, or pedestrian. In addition to the one fatality, six people were hurt in the crash. All were taken to the hospital for treatment. The D-Line is an express bus that runs between the Mall of America and Brooklyn Center. You know, I kind of find that part of it interesting, that they won't identify the person that passed, if it was a passenger on the bus or mm-hmm. another. Hmm. I mean, why would they not... Because normally that information comes out, you know. Fairly... Well, maybe they just didn't want to do it right now because they didn't want to identify who the victim is yeah, this and, early. Yeah, it, and, it's Monday. It happened last night, right? 11? Yeah. So, maybe I mean, maybe they, that's why. Yeah, they could still be recreating. Like, I'm I'm sure there's just a, you know. There's well, a... they know, they know like, what they were traveling in or how they were traveling. Right. But, but I mean, they're, you know, yeah, probably more they need to figure out before they're actually going yeah. to release the information. Move forward with that. Yeah, yep. I'm with you. I've never understood the running of the Bulls. Never have understood the running of the Bulls. Not my thing. Yeah. Well, a man was killed in eastern Spain over the weekend after he was gored by a bull at, oh. a, at a bull running festival, according to local authorities. Now, the man was not named, but officials did share that he was gored in the side by a bull called Sosinero oh. during the event in uh, the Valencia region on Sunday, or on Saturday, rather, according to Reuters. Now, during the event, bulls are released into the streets of the city as runners try to get ahead of them. According to a survey from uh, um, Anna, Anima Naturalists and CAS International, the tradition of running with the bulls takes place in more than 1,800 Spanish cities every year. The man was reportedly taken to the hospital in critical condition, but it was eventually pronounced dead. Uh, another Spanish man was gored in the leg by the same bull, but he's in stable condition, according to Reuters. I am not that guy. I'm not adventurous at all. I'm not that way. I I, I don't get into, I, like, being a thrill seeker like that yeah. does nothing for me. Like, I'm not into rolling the dice like that. Like, yeah, no, like that. I, I could maybe do, like, the one-ship challenge, but, I mean, something that could kill me, like an animal. I'm not even sure I could do that. I think that that would probably be so hot, I might have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that either because I'm. A, I, I've just. I've never understood it. And it's like, oh man, look at that! It looks so neat. Look at all these people running. Well, yeah, because that's until you're the person until, that. Yeah. I mean, they don't. They don't show that stuff. It's like, remember that sh- there was a thing, uh, the video series, the Faces of Death. You remember that? Yes, I remember that. 90s? Oh, I remember that. Yes, like that was. I mean, that was would, something that you you could go rent from the um, from the video store. The video it? store. Yes, yeah, it was just like really morbid, Oof. real video of people like getting killed. It yeah, was, some of the stuff was just so weird. Not even just was, getting killed, but getting severely injured. There was one episode or one of them where like people were eating monkey brains and stuff. I was like, 
What are we watching? It was here? really weird. Like, off the My cousin time. was into gross stuff like that. Really? Yeah, my cousin that lived with us, he was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go get this. Uh, what, what do you call it again? Faces of Death. Yeah, Faces of Death. I don't yeah. Know, it, it, was, it was weird. I mean, I, I kind of I was into it, and then I realized that it was wrong. Yuck. Hey, uh, comedian John Oliver returned to his HBO show last week tonight on Sunday, becoming the latest late night host to air a new program following the end of the writer's strike. Now, uh, Oliver said that the strike happened, quote, for good reasons and that the writers thankfully won after being severely squeezed in recent years, referencing reports that some writers don't make enough for health insurance. Hmm. He continued that he hopes the success of the writer's strike encourages others, including auto workers and Starbucks employees, to, quote, find the power in each other. He said that actors who are currently on strike are able to take what the writers achieved and leverage it to win fair contracts, too, because the truth is it takes many people working really hard to make film and TV, all of whom deserve a piece of the pie. Now the focus turns to the negotiation between SAG-AFTRA, which, full disclosure, you and I are members of the SAG-AFTRA yep. Guild. I mentioned that earlier to people um, this uh, last week. Okay, yep. yep. And they represent about 160,000 actors, and the two sides are expected to begin negotiating uh, again today and hopefully get closer to ending their strike, which has been happening since mid-July. Yeah, I, look, we just want some resolution, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like at the end of the day, that's that's what you want. You want people to um to be in a better place. Um, you know, I think a lot of times people will say, "Well, man, you know, get get over it. You know, you're, you're not going to get everything that you want." No, you just want people to be in a better place tomorrow than they were today. Yeah, all you want to do is people should people should be able to at least make enough to have health coverage. For sure. Like, everybody deserves health insurance. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why that's such a, such a big deal. And finally, I, I'm going to pivot to a, a different entertainment. Uh, I know that we've got one uh, about music, but I'm going to go to another one because, and I love this headline by Lindsay Peterson, because I love a good pun. Don't get me wrong. The wait was ever long. The Foo Fighters are announcing a 2024 concert at Target Field. Dave Grohl, the Pretenders, L7, coming to Target Field. Uh, they are coming to Target Field July 28th, 2024. Target Field. Tickets go on sale starting Thursday at 10 a.m. for local pre-sales. Friday, October 6th for general sale at 10 a.m. Um, they, they were supposed to be here earlier but uh, Taylor Hawkins, their former drummer, passed away. And it's really sad because it would have been at U.S. Bank Stadium. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hawkins was a huge Vikings fan, like a mm. massive Vikings fan. But their new drummer, Josh Freeze, actually has uh, Minnesota ties and uh, musical ties, too. We love our Minnesota ties. Yeah, well, his, his grandfather, Hal Freeze, was a music teacher in Edina. And his father, Stan Freeze, was a tuba player at the University of Minnesota. Hmm. So, uh, you like that? Oh man, I love that. I'm, I'm a Foo <laughs> Fighter. I love Dave Grohl. Like, Dave Grohl's on my celebrity hall pass for my wife. You know, Dave Grohl's awesome. I was just gonna. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna leave that alone. What? I'm, I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm saying I like Dave Grohl. Uh, well, my I, wife I, likes well, him. It sounds like she loves him. I'll pass. Coming up next, we love the National Football League, right? Well, let's be honest with ourselves. Taylor Swift has brought out the worst in NFL fans. We get to that next 
on The Light Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 